Hey guys, welcome back to Paddy's Playbook. We have heaps to rip into today. The NBA season is done and dusted. The champions have been crowned. We will review all the footy from the weekend just gone by. The preliminary finals start this weekend. Bring it on, baby. We also have plenty of news to discuss from around other leagues. So let's get into it. So let's start the podcast off discussing the NBA Finals and the season that is now concluded. I love basketball. I've said it a million times. What a season it has been. Once in a lifetime season. We might never ever see this again. Highs, lows, just had it all. So the season started normally and then world breaking news. Basketball, NBA and Lakers legend. Kobe Bryant passes away on the 26th of January in a devastating helicopter accident. My thoughts still go out to Kobe's family and friends. He's the reason I love basketball. Honestly, he's the reason I'm talking to you guys right now about the NBA, why I love it so much. As a young kid in high school, I was a huge Kobe fan. He's the reason I started following the NBA. So when I heard the tragic news he had passed away, I was gutted and heartbroken. I was so upset. That leads me back to this year's NBA season. When the news broke, it affected the whole league. Games were postponed. Players sat out and needed time for themselves to reflect on what had, what had occurred, what had happened. Players were able to wear his jersey numbers during games to honour his name and legacy, the Black Mamba. Kobe Bryant wasn't just an NBA player. He was the game. He was the heart and soul. He had such an impact on so many players and people in the league and still does. Kobe spent 20 years playing in the NBA. 20 years playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, one franchise. This was the first hurdle of the 2020 season. It took time to accept what had happened, occurred, wrap your head around it. It was just heartbreaking. So that was the first hiccup. Now the second hiccup in the season was when COVID-19 suspended the season, the coronavirus pandemic. The season was suspended for four to five months. There were no, no, there were no immediate answers. Was the season going to be cancelled? How long was it going to be suspended for? Players didn't know what to do because there was no training for months. A lot of players stopped working out. You could tell when the season resumed. They were out of shape, unfit, and they weren't ready. You can tell the ones that you know skipped the shortcuts, took the shortcuts. The NBA then decides to resume the season in a bubble format at Disneyland in Orlando, Florida. This was a huge commitment for the players. Away from home for months, initially to start off, no families allowed in the bubble, there's a global pandemic going on, and the main question is, when will life go back to normal? Everyone's asking that. When will this be over? So this was the second hiccup, and it was huge. Now the third hiccup. In this season was when America, and it's happening around the world, unfortunately, they've been dealing with significant inequality issues, also known as the Black Lives Matter protesting. NBA players did not agree with what had been occurring around the nation and what had occurred for hundreds of years. Videos were being leaked online. The players were reading news um, in the bubble. You know, and the NBA players, they thought, we're going to make a stance. We're going to make a statement. And they decided to boycott the NBA playoffs and a few of their games. They just wanted to 
make that statement. Black lives do matter. I repeat, black lives do matter. So this is what I mean by this season was just nuts. It just had it all. It felt like it dragged on forever. Started on October last year. It's October now. It's just finished. It usually doesn't take this long. It's just, it's felt like a lifetime. So it's finally done and dusted. So I'd just like to state, I'd like to announce your 2020 NBA champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. The LA Lakers have done it. They've done it for the Black Mamba. They've done it for Kobe. Amazing. So the Lakers won. They beat the Heat in Game 6, 106-93. to And they took out the series four games to two. Quite convincing in the end. But no disrespect to Miami. They put up a fight. Jimmy Butler's a superstar. Amazing effort. But yeah, wow. Just great series. I'm, I'm happy it turned out this way. There's a bit of fight in there and it wasn't just a clean sweep or just a whitewash. So the Lakers win. Their franchise, 17th NBA title, tying the Boston Celtics for the most in NBA history. They've both got 17 now. So that's amazing. The King, LeBron James, wins his fourth ring and fourth MVP finals award. Just crazy. Crazy numbers from him. Continues to build his legacy. This is his third championship with a different franchise, a different team now. He's done it with the Miami Heat. He went back to Cleveland and promised he'd get a chip for them. He did that. And now he's he's done it with the Los Angeles Lakers. Just amazing, amazing. He continues to write history and build his legacy. The, the question is, what next for King James? What next for LeBron? How much does he have left in the tank? How many years does he want to play? Can he win more rings? What what What's next? That's the question. You can love him or you can hate him. But there is no, no doubt he's a beast. And you just have to respect what he's done in basketball, and what he's done in the NBA. I've said it on the show before, and I'm happy to say it again, I'm not a LeBron fan. I don't sit there and go, wow, I can't wait to watch LeBron. He's my favorite player. He's great, da-da-da. There's so many great players in this league, so much talent. But personally, I can respect and appreciate how good he is and everything he's done. There's no doubt he makes his teammates better, better players, better people, and he's just a winner. He just wants to win. At the end of the day, when you get look back on it all, your career... They, they see how much you've won, how many chips you've got. That's what goes down at the end of the end of the day. That's the most important thing. So the crazy thing is for me, he's in year 17. Year 17. To still be at the top of the league, dominating after 17 years, is extremely impressive. Every year he spends millions of dollars on himself, on his body, looking after himself, eating the right food, all the right training. It's just, he just does this to ensure he competes hard in and out every single night, doesn't let the fans down, he's just, yeah, what an athlete, nothing but respect, the only question I will leave with you guys, can't wait to talk about it more, who is the GOAT, who is the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, or LeBron James, does LeBron James push himself up a bit closer now, I just can't wait to discuss this guys with you, so we'll leave it at that, who is the GOAT, who is the GOAT, LA Lakers, your 2020 champs, we're out. So the Los Angeles Lakers win the championship in 2020. As I said, it's a franchise 17th championship. And after this long, horrid season, I feel like this is a fairy tale. The light at the tunnel. As I said before, Kobe Bryant, my favorite player, passes away at the start of the year. The franchise, the team he's played 20 years for, the Lakers, win this chip win this championship for him. They said it during the year when he passed away. This was all for Kobe. 
Black Mamba, they've done it. Yeah. It's, it's just speechless. It's just it's meant to be. That's it. Horrid season, but we're finally through the end, so we'll take some time off of the NBA. We will um, look forward to previewing the next season coming up whenever that, whenever that is. Usually, they, it's meant to start in October. This time, like in a few weeks, this season's meant to start, but with everything that's going on with COVID, the rumors are the season could be starting around December, maybe January delayed a fair bit so we'll just see what happens there but when when we know we'll let you guys know we look forward to next next season hopefully maybe home home stadiums will be home arenas will be used again or they might be back in a bubble this is all the things we're gonna have to learn and find out but um season's done and dusted we look forward to previewing next season so lakers 2020 champs yeah baby so now let's dive into the nrl semi-finals that's occurred over the weekend Let's give a little recap, a little review of what we've just witnessed. So on Friday night, the Canberra Raiders defeated the Sydney Roosters 22-18. What a game this was. As I said last week, I was a bit bit worried, I guess you could say, about how the Roosters would come out. Come out of the gates. Just how they'd start this match initially. They had been riding a roller coaster over the last, you know, three weeks of footy. Up and down, up and down. I said it last week, it takes a lot out of the tank, a lot of gas out of the tank, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. But what about the Raiders? I think Ricky Stewart, I honestly think he snuck into the change rooms, got a bit of chili powder, just a little whiff on his finger and he's gone, wipe, wipe, straight on the players' budgie smugglers before the game. Because they came out fired up, ready to rumble, these troops. They were just shot out of a bloody cannon. So they, they shot out to a 16-0 lead after 22 minutes, the Canberra Raiders. They were just on fire. I said it last week, Josh Papali, big papa. He had to lead the Green Machine. He had to lead their, their forward pack. Did he ever? First try scorer after five minutes, using his silky skills and fantastic footwork for big papa. One try, one line break, three offloads, seven tackle breaks, 29 tackles, and 18 runs for 189 meters. I'm happy to say right now, ladies and gentlemen, he's the best prop in the league. He's the best prop in the NRL. He never backs down, always turns up for big matches. Always. For example, this game to keep the Raiders season alive. First try scorer sets the platform. What about last year? Last year against the Rabbitohs in the preliminary final. Gets the game-winning try and sends his team to the grand final. What about game three of State of Origin last year? 2019. 20 all, he ties it up. 20 all. I think it was a 76th minute. Papali's gone in to tie the game up. He has it all for a big boy. Big body, big engine. He breaks tackles. Huge post-contact meters. Devastating footwork. He's got an offload. And he's got the ball-passing abilities. Silky skills. Best prop in the league, full stop. I don't want to hear it. That's it. Back to the game. Sorry, I'm getting a bit getting a bit ahead of myself there about Big Papa. Back to the game. I believe this match was won on, you know, a, certain, a few certain moments of individual effort and just certain plays. So, a moment I want to recap. 22nd minute in. Joe Tarpany scored an amazing, amazing individual try to make it 16-0. So ball gets played, second tackle, 
Tarpany receives a dodgy pass that bounces along the ground to him. He's 20 out. Just one off the ruck, gra grabs it, looks up. He's got a full Roosters wall defense storming at him. Puts a left foot step on. Gets outside, gets outside Boyd Cordner. Left foot on again. Bang. Outside Luke Keery. Skips outside him. Runs over Josh Morris, who comes in for the tackle. See you later, mate. You're a little speed hump. Puts the left fan back on Luke Keery, who comes back for a second effort. Runs over him and scores untouched. What a try. What an effort. Another player who was amazing, in my opinion, Raiders fullback CNK, Charles Nickel Clockstad. He was immense in defense. A few try-saving tackles. 275 running meters, set up a try. He was just incredible. To the Roosters' effort, they never went away, I guess. They fought all. They fought hard all match, you know. They were able to get within four points with 12 minutes left to go. And unfortunately, superstar James Tedesco, just an unlucky bounce headed his way, misread a play, and the Raiders' 5'8", Jack Whiten, pounced on a live ball to score and put the game out of reach. So... Quick comment on my, my man, Jackie Boy Whiten. I think he's easily a top five player in the league this season. And in my opinion, he's the best 5'8 in the competition. The best 5'8 in the competition this year, Jack Whiten. Anyway, back to the game. The Roosters can hold their, their heads high this season, I believe. They faced a lot of adversity and plenty of crucial injuries. I think there was at one stage that eight or nine starters out in the middle of the year. And they still managed to you know finish the season top four. Um, you can't really ask for much much more than that. They're back-to-back -back champions. Still a powerhouse. I believe they still make, you know, some roster changes next year. They come back, they'll come back hard next year. There's, they're going to make some roster changes, I believe. I've heard there are rumors, the number seven jersey. There's going to be a few young fellas fighting for that number seven jersey, that getting an opportunity there. But, um, yeah, Roosters... Fall short, unfortunately, in this game. So a big shout out to club legend Mitch Orbison, most capped rooster of all time, 306 appearances. Also, this might be the last time we witness superstar Sonny Bill Williams playing in the NRL. So what a influence he's been, not just this year, but his whole career in the NRL. So this could be the last time we see big Sonny. Anyway, what a game it was. Raiders were too strong in the grand final rematch. 22-18, they now face um, they, so they now face the Storm this Friday night at Suncorp Stadium for a place in the Grand Final. This will be another unbelievable match. I can't wait. We're going to do the preview later on this week on Thursday, so stay tuned for that. Alright, let's get into the second game of the round. So on Saturday night, South Sydney Rabbitohs defeat the Parramatta Eels 38-24. This match was very interesting. High scoring, lots of drama, and in the end, the Rabbitohs were too strong. South shot out to an 8-0 lead, and the Eels hit back with three consecutive tries. All led by captain Clint Gutherson. Two of them he scored himself, and the other try he set up for winger George Jennings. So the Eels went into the sheds at halftime, up 18-8. But the Rabbitohs came out of the gates hard, very hard in the second half. And they scored five tries. Five tries. They were on fire. For me, the changing point in this game was in the Rabbitohs led 20-18. to 18, And the Eels had a penalty next to the posts. Next to the sticks. Parramatta halfback Mitchell Moses took a penalty goal aiming 
to tie the game up at 20 all. But unfortunately, he hit the bloody upright and missed from in front, five meters to the up to the side of the posts. The Rabbitohs got the ball back, dived on a loose ball, ran downfield. Two tackles later, they scored. That was the straw that broke the camel's back that play. In finals matches, you need to make the most of every opportunity and just deliver. Like, you have to put that goal through the post. That, that ball has to go through. Tied up at 20 all. Reset. Let's go again, boys. Let's knuckle down. Let's grind this out. But, yeah, what, what do you say? What do you say? Um, from that moment, the Rabbitohs ran away with that. Momentum changed. And in today's NRO, if the new six again rule, it's very diff- difficult to control the momentum when a team is on a roll. In the second half, the Eels just lost their lost their way. Just what they were doing in the first half didn't work from the second half, and the, the Rabbitohs just flew home. So I said it last week, Mitchell Moses needed to have the best game of his career for the Eels to win, and unfortunately, he was disappointing again. The Eels are the most dangerous when their number seven is running the football and attacking the line. He's digging in. I don't understand why he's not doing it. Why is he not doing it anymore? He hasn't done it for over the last month of football. The Eels were lethal. They were lethal. The Eels were lethal at the start of the season. Moses was dominating, demanded the footy, was digging into the line, was just playing ablim footy, just off-the-cuff stuff. They were just running, just busting teams through the middle. So for me, Mitchell Moses and the Eels, they just need to review their season and decide what type of footy team they want to be. You know, what, what do they want their identity to be? A fast-flowing attacking side or a tough, gritty side? Because you can't have the best of both worlds right now. They just need to stick to the basics, keep it simple, I believe, and just move forward in that, that, that way. So, for the Bunnies, though, Damian Cook, he was sensational. One try, one line break, two try assists, one line break assist, 47 tackles, and 14 runs for 162 metres. What an electric performance from the hooker. That's, that's going to be your New South Wales Blues hooker right there. Your dummy half. And I every week, I keep raving on about the Rabbitohs attack. It's arguably the best in the league. They definitely have the best edge attack. And they're just so effective on their set plays. So when they hold the ball and control the ruck, they can blow any team off the park. Any team off the park. So this week's going to be awesome. South Sydney will now face the... The Penrith Panthers this Saturday night at ANZ for a place in the grand final. So this is going to be... Every, I just feel like every week is getting better and better and better. This is going to be a cracker. So stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to preview that match. All right, so let's review and recap the AFL semifinals. So on Friday night, the Richmond Tigers defeated the St. Kilda Saints 80-49. to so Richmond shot out to a five-goal opening quarter blitz, shot out of the cannon, just flew out of the gates. They got back to what they what they do best, you know, their team team footy is just pressuring on ball, immense pressure, playing quickly through the ruck and converting accurately around goal. With Tom Lynch back from hamstring injury, he was there to help straighten up their ball movement. He looked they just looked like a totally different team with him there. He kicked two goals, five behinds unfortunately, but you know you know he's gonna have that that ever gear, he's gonna put it down in the sixth gear. And he's going to be ready for the bigger matches. He's going to kick more accurately. So he had six big marks during the game, which is amazing as a welcome sight for Tigers fans because the week before they really struggled attacking inside 50, getting those big marks that led to goals or scoring opportunities. So good good sights there for all the Tigers fans. And yeah, the Tigers just smashed, just absolutely smashed the St. Kilda's midfield. 
in this game. They won nine centre clearances to three in the first half. And it just gave all the all the Richmond forwards plenty of opportunities. It just set up that big lead. And unfortunately for the Saints, they couldn't recover. So for the Saints, credit. They did. They fought hard all night. Until the death, they didn't give up. So give them respect and credit for that. But now for the Tigers, they will face the Port Adelaide Power at Adelaide Oval this Friday night for the right to play in the grand final. Can they get back to another grand final? That's the question. This will be an amazing contest. The minor premiers against the reigning premiers. I can't wait. Strap yourself in. It's going to be a cracker. So we will preview that next match of the Tigers in our later episode. So the second match of the weekend gone by, Geelong Cats defeat the Collingwood Magpies. 100 to 32. 100 they put on the Cats. Wow. So this was a huge performance from Geelong. A close encounter was expected. I thought, wow, the week before Collingwood were they were awesome. I thought, here we go. This could be a great match. But, wow. They just... The Cats were hard at it. Hard at it from the, outs- out from the outset. First bounce of the ball. They were relentless. They didn't let Collingwood get into the game until the last quarter. They were just cutthroat. Cutthroat. So, the Magpies just had seven points. Seven points at three-quarter time. It was, yeah. They were just immense. Collingwood were immense. So, yeah, the Cats were in just... Too big, too strong. Just full credit there. So, yeah, the Magpies were on track for their lowest ever score in a final. As I said, they had seven points at three-quarter time. But the Cats, they were led by superstar Patrick Dangerfield and Ford Tom Hawkins. Both kicked four goals. So, what a performance. Geelong, I said last week, they needed to come out, make a statement to the competition. We're still a top-four team. We're here for a reason, and bloody oath they did. So, the Cats will now face the young Brisbane Lions squad on Saturday night at the Gabba. Big, big, big match. This is going to be... I can't wait. This is going to be cracker. So, stay tuned for Thursday's episode where we'll preview all the big preliminary matchups. We can't wait. So, to wrap up this episode of the podcast, we're going to discuss some news around the league. So, nine players have been added to the Blue squad after their teams lost over the weekend. So, the nine players are James Tedesco... He's going to be our fullback, no doubt about that. Luke Keary, Boyd Cordner, the Blues captain. Clint Gutherson, this was a surprise for me. He's He deserves it though. He's been all effort, all heart, gives it 100% every week, so that's awesome for him. The big boy, Junior Paulo. Nathan Brown, RCG, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Daniel Tupu, and Angus Crichton. So some big names there who we expect, and a few that I was a bit surprised by, so it's going to be an interesting state of origin State of Origin series ahead. Other news in the NRL: Parramatta Eels centre Michael Jen- Jennings, sorry Jennings, tested positive to banned substance last Saturday, hours before his team's semi-final kickoff against the Rabbitohs. Win or go home, and this news hits hits the headlines. It's not ideal at all. So now he's going to need his B sample test, and if found guilty, I believe he will be suspended for four years from the competition so that will most likely be career ending heartbreaking stuff for him and the the eels as a club hopefully he's got the right support in place for him and his family it's yeah it's just sad sad news now we go around the nfl and this week unfortunately there's been more players continuing to test positive for covid19 and more games have been suspended or pushed back it's terrible news and the nfl just they need to get on top of this ASAP before the potential season shut down or it gets postponed, what's happening in other leagues in America. 
Every, yeah, every every day I'm waking up, more news is breaking every week. I've just I've got that feeling that something bad's gonna happen this season, and we might not get a normal regular season. So keep your eyes peeled on that. But some positivity around the NFL: the Seattle Seahawks are now out to five and zero start to the season. Five wins, zero losses. First time in franchise history. And superstar quarterback Russell Wilson is looking like the current league MVP. He's He's in the box seat for the MVP this year, I believe. He's on fire. He's on fire. If you love your NFL, DM me on Instagram, at Paddy's Playbook. Let me know who you go for, what you like, who's going to get MVP. We'll have a discussion and give me some topics to just, you know talk about and discuss. We can I can bring it up on the podcast in further episodes. So, huge NFL fan. I love it. That's some positive news. And yeah, Seahawks on fire. Our baseball fans out there, the MLB, there are four teams left in the league championship series. Four teams left. We're nearly at the World Series. Nearly there. The season's nearly done and dusted. All the, all the American game, um, series and sports are kind of all wrapping up roughly at the same time. So, In the American League, we've got the Houston Astros and Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays, at the moment, are leading the series 2-0. So they're nearly there. They've nearly booked themselves a World Series ticket. So good on them. And in the National League, it's the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Their series is about to be tipped off. It's first game, the Savo. So it's um, tied at zero all at the moment, obviously. And I do believe out of the whole, out of these four teams, the Dodgers will take out the 2020 World Series. Just their betting lineup is loaded. Yeah, Mookie Betts is just a freak. Their new signing, big signing. Um, but we all know pitching wins the World Series, so it's going to be an interesting few weeks. Few weeks left of the season. I can't wait. Baseball fans enjoy. So, yeah, let's get it. All right, guys, that's a wrap for this episode. Once again, we really, really, really do appreciate all the support we've been receiving. Please go onto our um, platforms and channels, subscribe, give us a like, follow us on Instagram at Paddy's Playbook. Let your friends and family know just to give us a listen or Follow us on our socials. We really appreciate it. We're just going to continue to build, provide amazing content for you guys. In the coming weeks, we're going to be doing some Q&As, hopefully. And um, we're really just, we just want to build, just build an amazing network and community for you guys. So exciting times ahead. Hope everyone has a great week. Get in, dominate. Footy, footy finals, they're back this weekend like usual. I'm excited. It just gets better and better. Tune into the NFL if you love it. MLB, crunch time. Have a great week, guys. We'll be back on Thursday for our previews. Yoo!